Gospel message, a family affair. Boastings and blessings are passed down from generation to generation. Most of us today are a direct product of our family circumstances. You may find yourself cooking just like your mother, driving just like your father. You have the same mannerisms and hand movements as your grandparents. There are often times when my sisters and I are together and we're watching a movie or out and something happens and we all have the same exact reaction. There's just no way around it. You come from the family that you come from and there's evidence of that and it can manifest in many ways. I was reading an article and Beyonce really said something that I found to be profound and just intriguing. She said, I come from a lineage of broken male-female relationships, abuse of power and mistrust. Only when I saw that clearly was I able to resolve those conflicts in my own relationship. Connecting to the past and knowing our history makes us both bruised and beautiful. I pray that I'm able to break the generational curses in my family and that my children will have less complicated lives. I immediately thought to myself, wow, so this thing affects everybody. No one is exempt or excused from dealing with family issues or generational issues that are passed down. It takes one person standing up and saying enough is enough that this stops with me. And all I could think when I read that was that there's nothing new under the sun. We see trends like this even in the Bible going as far back as Genesis. There are things of dishonesty, favoritism, lack of brotherly love that were just passed down from one generation and one family member to the next. When we look in Genesis, we see that Abraham lied about Sarah. Isaac and Rebecca's marriage was full of lies. Jacob lied to almost everyone, and then 10 of Jacob's children lied about Joseph's death. And there we see the dishonesty trend, the dishonesty curse, if you will, in that family, and how it was passed down from one generation to the next. Another thing we could look at is the lack of brotherly love. Isaac and Ishmael were cut off from each other. Then Jacob fled from his brother Esau. And then Joseph was cut off from his 10 brothers after they took his coat and lied about his death. So it's just from generation to generation, we see another pattern here of lack of brotherly love. And I just began to wonder and ask God, we can't choose our families. No one says, I want this mother, I want this father, I'll have those siblings, and then make me a twin. And God says, yep, okay, done. It doesn't work like that. We're just born into the families that we're born into. And although we can't choose them, or the blessings that come with it, or even the sins, um, we can choose to make a conscious decision to follow Christ. And that's the amazing, beautiful thing about the gospel and the love of Jesus. It covers all biological concerns, all family concerns, all generational curses. It covers everything, but only if we allow it and submit ourselves to it. Now, don't get me wrong. Even though there are generational things passed down that are negative, there are also generational things that are passed down that are positive. You have generational wealth, um, genes, health, um, 
various things that you get from wisdom that you get from family members that's passed on that's positive so not everything passed on is negative so i do want to clear that up um but when we are able to say and look at our family and see that there are things that are contrary to the will of god things that are not pleasing to him things curses trends whatever you want to call it that you can trace back and see clearly in your family. And as I'm saying this, I'm sure a few things have came come to your mind. One or two. You know exactly what's in your family that's contrary to the will of God. You know exactly what's in your family that you see in your mother, your grandmother, your cousins, your aunts. You know what I'm talking about. Once you identify that thing and you know it is contrary to the will of God, you can submit it to him. You can be the change. All of these negative trends and curses can stop with you because here's the thing. Once you become saved through Jesus Christ, you are adopted into a holy family. God becomes your father. Your sins are forgiven and you even have a new name, Christian. You have brothers and sisters in the faith and even more so with the type of church that we attend. You have aunties, uncles, mommies, daddies sisters, brothers, nieces, nephews, you have a huge family in the faith. And you start to think and notice that, okay, I can be the change. This thing can stop with me. So to do this effectively, we have to connect to our past and our family that highlights our pain. And you have to let the love of Christ heal it. Most of the time when we think about these generational issues, It brings a sense of sadness. We know how it has affected us. And it's not something that we always want to focus on or even pay attention to. But I'm saying in order to get the healing and the victory in Christ Jesus, you have to acknowledge it and identify it. You have to call a thing a thing and say that this thing in particular is affecting this family and it needs to stop in the name of Jesus Christ. And by his grace, his might, and his beauty, every generational and family theme, curse, trend that is contrary to his will and his word will end. And why it's important to do this to identify and acknowledge this thing is because those who are unwilling to connect and learn from their past are more likely to repeat it. You can't know where you're going unless you know where you've been. So how do we do this? How do we use our past and family history to move forward in God's will for our lives? Well, one, you have to understand the majesty and sovereignty of God and believe it. Oftentimes the enemy has deceived us or we have deceived ourselves into believing that the Bible says that and that's true, but it's not true for me. Or that's something that God would do for somebody else. God wouldn't do that for me. And the truth is, God is willing and able to do it for everybody because he's so majestic and he's so sovereign. There aren't any limits on his love. There aren't any limits on on his grace. There aren't any limits or boundaries to what he can do beyond what we can even imagine. He sacrificed his own son, his own son for us so that we can have life and we can have it in abundance. So acknowledge and just understand his majesty and sovereignty and believe it. Second thing you need to do, which is what I found most difficult, and I think this is where most of us may struggle, is acknowledge your emotions in a healthy way. You know that there's something going on in your family that's not quite right, but you just sweep it under the rug, and it has affected you, and it has caused some things to be a little difficult in your life. 
it's okay to be upset about that. It's okay to be sad about it. It's okay to be angry about it. Acknowledge your emotions. Because here's the thing. Christ knows how you really feel anyway. So if you want to make it seem like it's not a big deal or you're just going to deal with it and pray in the secret place and submit it before God, all that is good. But there has to be a level of transparency when you talk to your father in heaven. Here's what's going on in my family. I don't like it. And it makes me feel this way. Then the third thing you want to do as you're praying about it, you want to use scripture to speak. You want to use scripture to back up everything that you're asking for. You want to use scripture to come against everything in your family that you know is contrary to his will. The Bible is the most amazing tool that we have as believers. It is the living word of God. And there is nothing new under the sun, as I said earlier. Everything you could possibly want, every emotion that you're feeling, every situation, it's all in the word of God. And when you talk to God, remind him of his word. Because you're not asking for anything foreign. You are asking for what is promised to you in his word. Full stop. So it's not coming out of anywhere. It's not the enemy deceiving you. God, this is what your word, this is what your word says for my life. These are the promises that you made. Here's what's going on in my family. And it is not matching up with your word. Your word cannot return back until you void. So I need you to answer this prayer and I need you to help me. The fourth thing you want to do is be a blessing to family, friends, and those around you. We all have things that we deal with. But if you're seeking for God to grant you victory and deliverance and blessing, but you're mad all the time, you have an attitude, you're mean, you don't give, you're not a source of light for anybody, how is that matching up? And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that you have to feed the multitude or clear out your savings account. But sometimes, and most times, honestly, it's the little things. That dress has been sitting in your closet for years. You know you're not going to wear it. You can give it to somebody. Prom season is coming up. You have a couple extra dollars. You got your tax return. You could buy somebody groceries. You going through the drive-thru, getting your coffee or your breakfast. You had a coupon. You saved a couple dollars. You can buy the breakfast or the drink of the person who's behind you, in the car behind you. It's the little things that add up. You pass homeless people all the time. Throw some crackers and water in your car. So the next time you see a homeless person, you have something to give them. If you don't have money because you don't carry cash. There are things you can do to be intentional about being a light and a blessing to others. And it doesn't have to be dramatic or grand. The last thing that I would encourage everybody to do is engage with a friend, mentor, spiritual director, counselor, or therapist for reflection. When you are trying to change or break free from something, it is a fight and it is a struggle and it is not easy. And I am telling you right now that you are going to need help. You're going to need an accountability partner or someone who you trust who will tell you the truth. Because what happens often is that we try so hard not to be something that we end up becoming something or someone that's not quite better. So yeah, you're not a thief, but you're a murderer. Okay. Yeah, you don't rob people, but 
you use your words to tear people down. Yeah, you're not sexually out there and being promiscuous, but you don't show love to anybody at all. You're cold-hearted. So this idea of not being somebody doesn't always mean that you're going to end up being somebody or someone um, better. It doesn't quite work like that. And the enemy has really, really done a great job of convincing us that we don't need people. That as believers, all we need is our Bible and Jesus. We can do this on our own. And that's just not the truth. Fellowship and community has been a common thing in the word of God. And it is vital in the body of Christ. So please get with somebody and tell them, this is what I'm trying to do. This is what I'm seeing in my family Here are the steps that I'm going to take and I'm going to make a conscious decision to be different and submit it before the Lord. Will you assist me in this? And they should be able to tell you you're you're on track and they should also tell you, listen, you came to me in the beginning and you said that you wanted to be different. This decision that you're about to make is not going to put you in a position that you want to be. It's actually going to set you back and undo a lot. You want somebody who's going to tell you the truth. My prayer is that we will look at our family history and identify things that are just contrary to his will. And then we'll look at all our bruises and effects of these curses and these trends and these negative impacts on our lives. And we will just allow the love of God to make them beautiful, to make our struggles beautiful, to make our transitions beautiful, to make our walks with him beautiful so that we can begin to live out the life that he has for us so that we can begin to walk in his will for ourselves. And it's a lot easier said than done. You know, I know that. So I'm not saying it's it's going to be an easy thing. I'm not saying that at all, but it'll definitely be worth it. I just go back to the quote that I started with when she says, Connecting to the past and knowing our history makes us both bruised and beautiful. I pray that I'm able to break the generational curses in my family and that my children will have less complicated lives. What I'm saying to you is that, yes, you want your children to have less complicated lives. But you today, too, in this very moment, can make a decision to submit yourself to Christ and all the bruises, and you yourself can have a less complicated life. It's not over. You don't have to succumb to anything that's contrary to the will of God. There's hope, and there's life, and there's love. Be encouraged.